Alice presents Better Skies Together. Discussions by and for air traffic control professionals. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to Better Skies Together. I'm your host, Xavier Combe, and with us today is Warren Beeston, who is Operational Authority Director for Airspace Mobility Solutions, AMS, at TELES. Hello, Warren. How are you? Hi there, Xavier. I'm very well, thank you. Also with us is Tom McRobert, President of Civil Air, the Australian ATC Union. Tom, how are you? Hi, Xavier. How are you? Thanks for having me. Sure. Okay, here we go. Tom, tell us what has changed in the management of uh, the traffic and staffing as a result of COVID-19 in the Australian region? Well, uh, as you can imagine, same as everywhere, it's been fairly dramatic traffic level changes. So we've had quite a bit of um, changing of processing, especially the RPT and commercial um, traffic in and out of our cities because of the lack of traffic. So there's been a lot more focus on um, giving a higher efficiency to the traffic that's left rather than um, trying to focus on the capacity that was an issue uh, previously. So it's um, a little bit easier to process traffic and give a little bit uh, more efficiency, constant climbs and constant descents and uh, removing some restrictions that were in place that we had to deal with um, capacity. It has been a little bit challenging trying to to deal with the air work and training because we didn't stop that in Australia. So the there's been an increase of um, training that's uh, been happening in our skies, so a, a large increase in training aircraft operating around our capital cities and also a bit of an increase in some of our mining traffic because they increased the traffic so they could socially distance on the aeroplane. So instead of one aeroplane going to one mining site, there was four or five uh, so that they could socially distance on the plane and keep productivity going. So it's been quite challenging in some areas to deal with that increasing traffic into some of the more quieter airports, but it's uh, been just as challenging changing the way that we manage the um, the busy hubs like Sydney and being able to provide an increased service to the aircraft that are left. Thank you. Warren? Thanks, Tom. That's great. And uh, how are the controllers coping? Well, as you can imagine, probably the same as everyone in public life. It, it's been challenging, but um, the fact that we've had um, work to do has definitely helped um, controllers cope, uh, especially during the lockdowns that we had here in Australia early on. Being able to get out and go to work was something that helped them. The rosters that we put in place here in Australia was we split lots of the units up into teams. The 24-7 locations and big units we split into groups of four teams, which uh, one team did the morning shift, one team did the afternoon evening shift, and one team was on days off, and we kept one team in reserve in case of a positive test. Um, when we did that, you know, the health authorities were estimating 20% of Australia were going to get um, COVID, so it was generally built to withstand positive tests in the workplace and make sure that we could provide service continuity to everyone and keep everyone safe in the event of a positive test. Um, that was quite difficult on the staff, changing 1,100 controllers' rosters in the space of about four days was uh, difficult and certainly the flexibility and professionalism shown by everyone uh, was good to see, you know, the, the the patience that all the controllers had when their rosters and lives were getting tipped upside down was tough, but they handled it very well. Um, we have had to take a little bit of leave to help out with the reduced uh, traffic levels because obviously we used to have 10 or 12 people on a group that are 
in during the day and that and that's halved so we've had to manage some things around that but so far the controllers have um, really really coped well that's great news for them so do you have any ideas uh, to share with other members of our better skies together community in order to help them manage the present period uh, better looking back i think the most important thing was to act quickly to make a decisive decision because I think if we had waited and tried to see what other people did and tried to get the decisions, you know, 100% perfectly right, we would have been caught behind. So making the best decision that you can and implementing your plan as early as you can so that you've got something in place for the health and safety of the workers and also the health and safety of the people that are still flying in the airspace was the most important thing. It's always hard to communicate that when things are moving so quickly, telling everyone what the plans are and how they're changing is always difficult. So I think they're the two things, making quick, decisive decisions and then implementing them the best way you can, but also telling people as you go. It's really important because otherwise people sit there not knowing what's going to happen and it can cause some real anxiety amongst the people that are not involved in the direct decision making. It's much the same as probably most of the politicians have had to do where you're making decisions but you have to keep all of the public aware of what you're trying to do. So those two things hand in hand are the most important things that I learnt out of all of this. Yeah, very true, very true. Okay, great. And uh, what is the... Air Navigation Service Provider Air Services doing about maintaining controller proficiency on the positions that have had this uh, significant reduction in air traffic. This is tough question, I suppose, because we, we've had to um, we've had a lot of things that we've had to continue training with. So, capacity in simulators and um, the training environment, which would ideally be be able to be used to keep some skills up, um, hasn't been available constantly around our country and sometimes it's just not feasible with the lockdowns that we've seen. So we have used some simulator proficiency, which has been very well received from the controllers that have done that, given them the ability to work some of the traffic that they used to work. But other things that um, I suppose out of the ordinary things have been allowing more aircraft that are, wouldn't usually come into different centres to, to facilitate clearances, such as general aviation and recreational pilots the ability to come in and fly into Melbourne or Sydney and whereas they used to not be able to fly around facilitating clearances and being able to um, let unusual aircraft access the airspace has also helped and it's definitely been a matter of managing the positions that are there so trying to split positions and combine positions at different times of the day so that you don't forget the mechanics of your job especially talking to other controllers and managing differences of say in a tower environment being able to do surface movement and adc control together and split to make sure that you don't lose the skills in in each position so supervision has been really important and being able to have the supervisors manage that and make the the most out of the traffic that we've got. Thank you for those uh, insights, Tom. Do you see any uh, positive aspects in the changes uh, triggered by the current situation? Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed as a controller has been in the team environment. It's been the real camaraderie amongst uh, each team. It's really made people, um, I suppose, care a little bit more about the people they're working with. It's certainly been tough times for all and probably tougher people around, it's made the good in people come out. The other positive things I think I see is that people have really um, managed to 
look at how they can really keep their skills up. The professionalism that people have looked in themselves has been a real positive because we've been up and down with so much traffic and we've had so many different things that you wouldn't have seen coming throughout this period. It's been really good to see people coming up with ways to make sure their professionalism and their skills and their management um, doesn't degrade. And so watching that, especially in some of the younger people that haven't been quite so experienced, has been really good to see. Thank you. Warren, I think you had a, a question now. Yes, thanks, Xavier. Despite this difficult period, Tom, do you believe that any of the changes that have been imposed during this crisis will alter the way that ATC is provided uh, once the crisis is over? I uh, certainly do. I think uh, the, the whole world of ATC and every ANSP provider at the minute is discussing and deliberating how the funding model will actually work around the world because we've seen pretty much universally any model that has been uh, in place hasn't really worked the best it could have. So I think that'll be one thing that the ANSPs will really have to look at is how they fund their businesses and how they um, become flexible with things like this that may impact the whole world of ATC. The other thing I've seen sort of on a, on a lower level and a working conditions level is I think more people will look to get more flexible arrangements, whether that be part-time or more work from home if you can. We've had quite a few controllers that are looking to do some project work amongst other duties and working from home in Australia has certainly been a big positive for some people because they can manage I suppose, uh, their travel time and their home life. So I think those sorts of things will stick around. There'll be a lot more opportunities for people to look at different ways to do things that they wouldn't have otherwise done before this um, pandemic hit. Thank you for those insights, Tom. Indeed, uh, service continuity, health and safety, efficient decision-making, all that is part of the transitioning out of the COVID crisis. Warren, I believe you had a question about the future now. Sure. So, Tom, what do you think will be different in relation to staff rostering and conditions of working going forward? Um, I think here in Australia that the big thing that we will see is that we're going to use a lot more standby and a lot more resources in, in the workplace to avoid um, the use of the old overtime model and we'll make use of that extra capacity for the work that needs to be done, such as route restructures or new airports like Western Sydney, new parallel runways in Brisbane and possibly Melbourne, um, CMAPs that's coming online, the resources that we now have because we've got the staff in excess will be used to do those sorts of projects and standby rosters. So there'll be a lot more opportunities for people to be on standby to save that reliance on overtime. And I also think there's going to be a real opportunity for some people to change what they've got on the leave, the work-life balance, so that some people will be able to take their long service leave or take some leave without pay to do things that they wouldn't have otherwise had the chance to do. And I think that provides a real opportunity for some people to have a mini career break that they probably wouldn't have had um, pre-COVID. So those sorts of opportunities, I think the work environment can get really refreshed by having a real range of different things that people can have a look at going forward. Yes, well, that would be certainly uh, great uh, changes to see if the ANSPs uh, can work with the unions to develop some of those great things. That's good. So how long do you think it will be before you see a return to the pre-COVID traffic levels? 
Uh, good question. Um, good friend of mine in New Zealand always says that uh, in a couple of years there'll be a lot of people taking back their crystal balls because they're broken. So I won't pretend to be an expert on um, seeing into the future, but I think this is going to be a, a, a slow return to pre-COVID levels. I think in Australia we we are going to see a bit of a bounce back in um, the domestic market. There's a lot of people with um, some school holidays coming up and some nice times of the year for people to get out after the lockdowns. There will be a return to some domestic travel, but I don't see a real recovery in the next um, 18 months to two years. Post two years, I think that's when we might see a real return and confidence coming back to um, the travelling sector, especially here in Australia. We rely on the domestic market to produce a lot of cargo and a lot of business flights because it's so far between uh, each of our city hubs. So I think that will bounce back, but we won't necessarily see pre-COVID levels for quite some time. Okay. Thank you very much for your insights, Tom. Any final remarks you would like to make? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things out of all of this that I've learned is the the whole industry needs to work together to get ourselves out of this. I think um, Warren just mentioned it earlier how nice it is to see um, unions and ANSPs working together. I think that can be extrapolated out to the whole industry. I think the, now's a really good time for ANSPs to be talking to customers to come up with new ways, um, controllers talking to pilots to come up with new ways to, to really make the best out of this crisis and maybe improve the system as a whole. Thanks very much, Tom. Thank you so much for a great discussion, gentlemen. You've been listening to Better Skies Together, a podcast presented by Tales, made by and for air traffic control professionals. Today with us were Warren Beeston, Operational Authority Director for Airspace Mobility Solutions at Tales, and Tom McRobert, President of Civil Air, the Australian ATC Union. Join us next time for another discussion about a different region of the world. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you. This was Better Skies Together, a podcast presented by Talis, made by and for air traffic control professionals. Better Skies Together, empowering controllers for tomorrow's air traffic management. Mm-hmm.